praise the Lord, everyone. And you say, praise the Lord back. Praise the Lord. Can you see we have a new stage? And so I've, I've, uh, we've, we, uh, Carl, the king of dad jokes, says, New Life Manitou has reached a new stage. It's like, yes, we have. We have a new, well done, Carl. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit. And this week I learned a little song. Your kids downstairs probably already know this song because they've been teaching it downstairs. But the song is, talks about like bananas and apples. And those aren't the fruit of the spirit because the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That was a horrible rendition. Do you know that song? Anybody? No? Okay, you know. I see your hand, Rachel. I see that hand. So they learned this song and I just butchered it, but there's a little song that goes with it because this is probably the most famous passage in the book of Galatians. So would you turn there? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to read the bigger context of where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this, Galatians chapter 5. Would you stand with me? And we're going to read this passage of Scripture. It might take a little bit, verses 13 through 24. But it says this, for you were called to... Freedom. And last week, remember, we talked about freedom. And, and so it says this, for you were called to freedom. Brothers and sisters, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then it's this weird saying here, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Interesting, maybe the psychology here is like, if you tease people and if you tear people down, be aware that you could be destroying the whole church. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the spirit. This is gonna be point number one in just a minute. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, he's gonna list the deeds of the flesh. There's 15 of them here sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarned you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say, fruit of the Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Good job, guys. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's pray. God, we pray that you will grow these fruits, this fruit of the Spirit inside of us. Lord, that's our prayer. Would you cultivate it? Make it grow, Lord, we pray in your name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou, shout it! Amen!
Amen. You may be seated. Today is uh, the climax of our series through the book of Galatians. Next week will be the finale, but here we are uh, looking at probably the most famous passage here in the book of Galatians. And today I have a sermon for you. Brace yourself because today's sermon is going to be two points. I know some of you are thrown off by this. Where's Joanna? Joanna, we need to get a picture of this because I, I always preach a three-point sermon. And you're like, oh, Joe always preaches. Well, not always. Two points. You got a picture of this? Take a picture. We have a camera. Where's that? We had a, oh, Dan, Dan, two points. So that way you could post it and tease me later that there was this one time that Joe preached a two-point sermon. So the points are going to be to walk by the Spirit, and then we'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So, Point number one is this, straight out of scripture, straight out of verse 16, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. This is verse 16. We just read it. Paul says, I'll say it again. It's that good. It's that important for us. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. How do you not carry out the desire of the flesh? What's the secret to unlocking it? It's actually pretty simple. It's right here. Walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And then Paul goes ahead and lists them which is like a whole nother piece to this puzzle in the book of Galatians, where it's, it's getting into the specifics. It's one thing to talk about generalities, the desires of the flesh. And we could think about that for what that is. But when the specifics are listed, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh yeah, I struggle about this one too. Or oh yeah, there's that one. And, and people are engaged in that. And oh yeah, that, that addiction, that's, that is real. That is that has a huge power in people's lives. And Paul Paul lists them and he says that they are evident. There's 15 of them. He says they are, verse 19, sexual immorality, impurity, indecency, indecent behavior, excuse me. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I have forewarned you, just as I have forewarned that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he says these, these are the sins that are, that are common to human beings. These are the desires of the flesh. And when we engage in them, we are not engaging in the kingdom of God. And we, as taking a biblical definition of the kingdom of God, would say that the kingdom of God is present. It is here already. It is now. And it is yet to come. A famous saying, already. The kingdom of God is already, but not yet. When we are walking with the spirit, we are not uh, doing the deeds of the flesh. These two, Paul says, are in opposition to one another. And it's quite interesting, these, these sins that were prevalent so far ago in the ancient world are prevalent today. I mean, the culture has changed, society's changed, technology has changed, but these same kind of sins, they remain. It's, it's something we as human beings struggle with, the desire for the flesh. And these words, I could probably take a whole sermon series and talk about different ones and temptations and these particular desires of the flesh. It's very interesting to get into the Greek here, but uh, somebody uh, wrote the message translation. It's actually a paraphrase of the Bible, so you have to take it for what it is. It's a paraphrase of the Greek New Testament. And Eugene Peterson wrote this translation to help us in our everyday vernacular how we 
we would say these things. And so let me read for us the message translation of Galatians chapter five, verses 19 through 21. It says this, it's obvious what, what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, oh, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotent, uh, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ungodly parodies of community. I could go on. Please don't. Like these are, this is what we struggle with. This is what the ancient world struggled with. And I'm reading through some of these and like, gosh, aren't these true today? Like how we would word them. These are the sins. These are the desires. This is what is corrupt in our world today. Paul lists uh, these sins in another book of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul lists uh, these. He kind of lists, takes this list and expounds upon it in a little bit. And then says... That these things, like these things, these ways of living were what some of you were, but you've been saved, you've been redeemed, you've been made whole, you've been cleansed by Christ. And how do we do this? Some of these things I just read, some of you are like, oh, I don't struggle with that one, but others of them in these lists, some of you are like, yeah, that's, that's really hard for me. That's a struggle to this day. How do we walk away from sin and walk into the light of the gospel well, it's very clear. We walk by the Spirit. Instead of focusing our attention on the sin, we focus our attention on the Spirit. It's like a, a red button analogy. I used to, have a, I used to work with uh, the college ministry at New Life Church for years and years and years. It was called The Mill. Anybody remember that? I see that. And I say, oh, wow. Okay, lots of people remember The Mill. Some of you went. Uh, and so it, it was this incredible ministry led by a guy who's a gr- good friend of mine, Pastor Aaron Stern. He's now in Fort Collins, has planted a great, growing, wonderful church there. And he's a master communicator. He is, he is so good at sermon illustrations. It's really inspiring. And so him and I, he would give the sermon illustration. He'd have this crazy idea. Here's what I want to do. And I was usually the one, I was like an intern at first and then I was an associate pastor. And I was usually put in charge with like usually 24 hours notice of like some idea he wanted to do. And it was a wonder, it was like a, it was just like I had to make this prop. It was so fun to be a part of like big analogies explaining the, the, the mysteries of God. And so one of his analogies was this big red button. So we created this huge like white a big panel, and in there was like this bright, shining red button. And his whole analogy was we concentrate so much of our time and our energy on don't press the red button. And we're looking at it, we're touching it, and I had wired it so it had a light in it, and so I was in the tech booth and like lighting it up, and he would turn away, and it would light up, and everybody would laugh, and he would like come back to it, and he was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch the button, I'm just gonna touch the panel, the button's on. And he would walk, I know I shouldn't have done that. And he would say, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push the button, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna 
touch the button. So he would touch the button. And it was like, man, isn't that how we live our lives sometimes? Falling into this temptation of just focusing all of our attention on the thing we shouldn't be doing instead of walking with Christ. Anybody, is anybody else in that same boat? Like, man, it was like focusing our attention. Here is a a little sermon illustration. So this is a shiny red button to my four-year-old little boy named Theo. So this, he thinks, is a toy. Is this a toy? No, this is a tape measure. And it's actually quite dangerous because it goes out and it, it can, he, he loves to like pull all, it's 30 foot. He loves to pull out all 30 feet of it when no one's looking. And then he winds it back, which is kind of dangerous, right? For a four-year-old, but it's basically sheet metal flying through the air next to your face. But he loves to do this. He loves to find tape measures. And so he's like, no, it's not a toy. Don't play with that. Play with something else. And so last night, I wasn't even going to mention this, but I go in the garage and there he, and, and by the way, we don't do that much media at our house, like shows, but we do have, if they're good, they could watch some shows at night just for a little while. And so it was showtime. He could be watching some cartoons with his brothers. Instead, he's Literally, like as I'm, pre- as I'm like preparing this message, he's in the garage, up on the shelf is this, and guess what he's doing? He's just looking at it. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, nothing. I say, okay. And so I go out and I kind of pretend to, to go and I shut the door and I like peek in through the crack of the door. And sure enough, he just goes over and he touches it and he like, he doesn't take it off the shelf, but he just pulls it out a little and puts it back. And I'm just like, man, I mean, we can make fun of Theo all day, but isn't that like us? Like, isn't there something in us that we focus on it and we're consumed by it? It's like, oh, we're just going to touch the thing that it's around. We're just going to look at it. We're just going to, you know, we're not going to touch, we're not going to, we're just going to, you know, oh gosh, put that aside and just walk with the spirit. In this case, Theo, just walk away, man. You're torturing yourself. You know you can't play with a tape measure. Why would you torture yourself? Just walk away. Think about something else. Isn't that like all of us? Put that stuff away and walk with the spirit. Point number two is this, which by the way is our uh, concluding point. It's a shorter sermon today. We're not doing a three-point sermon. I know some of you just walked in. You're like, what in the world is going on today? Well, today we're going to do baptisms. And so I wanted to have a shorter sermon. It's our tradition uh, to go outside to do baptisms, rain or shine. Uh, But today it's a really nice day. So we're going to do some baptisms outside. And if you, if you're in here and you're like, man, I I came here because I wanted to get baptized. And maybe you knew about it already. Or maybe, you know, there is in the New Testament spontaneous (laughs) baptisms. Read the story of the Ethiopian and the the disciple, and he just explains to him the gospel. And that very day, in that conversation, they see some water. It's like, what's stopping me from getting baptized? I have Jesus in my heart. I want to follow him. You can come talk to me right after the service, and we could talk about baptism for you today. Uh, Otherwise, we'll we'll do baptism. We do them a couple times a year. So anyways, that's why the shorter sermon today. I should have explained that earlier. But anyways, point number two is this. Cultivate and tend the fruit of the Spirit. Cultivate and tend the fruit of the Spirit. Side note here, fun fact, is it fruit or is it fruits of the Spirit? It's actually singular. It's cultivate, it's uh, the, the fruit 
of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so it's, 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 maybe I'm making too much of this point here, but it, we could think about it like this. Here's a fruit basket with some fruits in it. Um, and so it's a fruit basket. So the, the analogy kind of falls apart a little bit, but it's like one whole thing, a fruit basket with individual things inside of it. And so we could think, I'm just, maybe I'm uh, reading too much into this, but the fruit it's singular. It, it is. Go look at it. The fruit of the Spirit is all of these aspects. And so it's like it's one whole thing. It's not meant to be like, oh, I have this. I have patience, so I don't need love or I don't need joy. No, no, no. It's all together. Here's a fruit basket of individual aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But of course, is the fruit of the Spirit an apple? No, it's love, joy, peace. And we could go into the song, which I, I, I can't find the rhythm, so I'm sorry. Ray, little Rachel, I might need your help later reminding me how that song goes, okay? She kind of forgets something. I forgot to. And so it's, it's hard. Um, but this is uh, some fruit. And what I brought in, uh, Joanna actually bought it, brought, brought in some fruits. Here's a pomegranate. Uh, here's an apple, another apple, a pear in here. Uh, how many of you like fruit? Oh, lots of hands. Good. It's, it's healthy. You should like fruit. But it's not, it's one of those things that's like in our day and age, there's junk food, there's other things. Instead of eating fruit, you could eat like a gummy bear fruit. Uh, there's, I mean, the fruit isn't as, in the ancient world, let me say it this way. I looked up some numbers in the ancient world and people guessing about the diets of the ancient world. And the average person in the ancient Middle East world, the world that Paul's writing to, at least somewhere around 70% of someone's diet was just bread. And if you were poorer than average, well, that, that, that number goes way up. And so maybe into the 90s, if you were poor, 90% of your diet, 70 to 90% of your diet was just bread. And so can you imagine how wonderful it would be to get a pear if 90% of your diet was bread. You get sick of bread, but it's sustenance. I mean, it gives a whole new meaning to this, uh, the talk about uh, in, in the, in the, um, in the, our father prayer, he says, give us today our daily bread. It's like, well, that's our sustenance. And that, they, they, they took that very literally on uh, what bread was. It was the daily sustenance. But think about fruit. I mean, think about like, uh, 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 what is this? Peach. Thank you. Gosh. Um, I do know my fruits. Uh, so peaches are coming out like right now. In fact, we already, our peaches, can you still get the Palisade peaches or have we just missed it? It's like a very narrow window where you get the Colorado uh, peaches. But we can get peaches. I mean, if you really want a peach, you could get a peach in the middle of February, right? Because of modern shipping and all this stuff. And so think about that in the ancient world. I'll set the fruit basket right here for us to think about. Um, but think about that in the ancient world. Like what a treat, what a delicacy a piece of fruit would have been in the ancient world. And Paul calls this wonderful treat, this delicacy, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says, against such thing, there is no law. Let me give you an analogy about this, uh, this point. So point number two is this. It's our concluding point. I, I just say cultivate and tend the fruit of the spirit. So I'm going to talk for a little bit about gardening. Anybody like gardening? 
Okay, quite a few hands, good. Uh, so I like gardening. And, and while I'm talking about gardening, I'm not really talking about gardening. You know what I'm saying right now? And I feel like I could talk for a little bit about gardening and, and, and for it to make sense on a metaphorical level or a parable level, because oftentimes Jesus' sermons were just that. Like all we have of Jesus are parables of him talking a lot about gardening or land or landowners or all these different parables. So I'm going to talk about gardening, but I'm not really talking about gardening. You with me? Okay. I see that you're with me. All right. So I like gardening. Gardening uh, is, is fun. It's hard work because if you, if you have a garden and you don't tend to it, what happens? Weeds, they just go on and on. The bears, bunnies, insects, and so on and so forth. I have in my pocket, uh, for the purpose of this sermon, a little package of tomatoes, seeds. Yeah, tomato seeds in this package. Now, what are the chances? If I open this up, and I take some seeds. Who, who wants to help me out? Elijah, you want to help me out? All right, hold out your hand. I'll pour a little seeds in your hand. There you go. All right, so there's, there's a whole bunch of seeds. We'll, you'll give them all. Now, if Elijah was to take these little seeds, thank you for being, you, you could just, uh, I don't know what you're going to do with those, actually. Um, uh, but if you go outside, and maybe in the front or something, just throw those seeds. You could do that later, baby. What are the chances? What are the chances? You, you tell me. What are the chances that in a little while we'll get some tomatoes from that gesture? Very small. Like, what, okay, what if we had a million seeds? I was trying to think, like, what's a million seeds? Maybe like a little bucket uh, like this big would be a million tomato seeds. And we give somebody a million tomato seeds, and they go around uh, maybe in the front yard here and just throw out a million tomato seeds. And let's say they pick the date right. Let's say they go out in the, in the spring. Let's say Mother's Day. They go out after the, the freezes and stuff, and they plant a million seeds in the frontier, just throwing them out there. And then no one does anything about it. No one looks after it. No one tends to it. We just kind of forget. What are the chances, so they were thrown out on Mother's Day, what are the chances that come September, you're going to have a basket and bushels of tomatoes? Not good, right? Like, like, is it one in a million? And I would say, uh, not even that. Like, there's really no chance of those seeds germinating and growing and becoming tomato plants and getting bushels of tomatoes. I mean, I would be really surprised, right? If, if there was even like a little tomato plant out there come the summertime, right? I mean, why? Because gardens need tending to. And I love gardening. I'm, I'm a gardener. It runs in my family. So I'm Joseph Paul Kirkendall III. Uh, little Jay downstairs, he's Joseph Paul Kirkendall IV. My dad, who's sitting right here, he's Joseph Paul Kirkendall Jr. His dad, my grandpa, was Joseph Paul Kirkendall Sr. And he worked as, his life as a career uh, machinist, engineer. And then when he retired, he loved gardening so much that he converted, like he had a big uh, plot of land in Ohio, Zanesville, Ohio. And he had all these greenhouses and he would grow plants and then sell them. It was like a retirement business that he just loved. And so it grow, it, it's in my family, gardening, right? And, and so I love gardening. I got an undergraduate degree in biology and I specifically took a whole bunch of classes on botany, the study of plants. And I know enough about plants and gardening to, to know that it's hard work. I had tomato plants a couple years ago and man, 
It's hard work. You got to get the tomato plants, plant them. Then you got to weed. Someone mentioned that. You have to keep the pests off of them, like the bunnies. The squirrels are brutal. They just take like one little bite. They don't even like the tomato. They just take one little bite. Like, why would you do that? Now it's the whole thing's ruined. The deers get in them. Uh, bears, like one night, uh, a couple of years ago, a bear was in the trash rumbling around. Couldn't get in the trash. So guess where he went? to my tomatoes. And it's like rumbling around. And so I hear this noise. I go out there and I should be afraid of a bear. You should be afraid of a bear. That's a smart thing to do, right? But I was so mad. I was like, man, he's in my tomato. I've been working on these tomatoes. And so I went out there. I was like, get out of here, you bear. And I picked up, a, my son Jay had a, like a plastic tricycle thing. And I picked it up and I ran over and I threw it at the bear. And I, burned it. And I hit the bear right in the butt. I was like, get out of here. Get it. And I, it's like, that's, that's an insane person doing that. That's me. That's your pastor. But I was so upset. I've spent so much time on these tomatoes. Not to mention, you got to keep the blight off of them, fungus, mold. You do have to prune. You have to get the, uh, the trellis tower things or else the tomato plant falls over and breaks or it just falls over. The tomatoes get in the mud. And you, you have to make sure it's in the right amount of sun, full sun for tomatoes. You got to weed. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to cultivate the soil. You don't just go put it anywhere in the dirt. You got to cultivate the soil. You have to fertilize. And of course, every day in Colorado, you need to water it. You miss a day and those plants are going to be suffering. You miss two days, they're going to be really shriveled up. Three days, you might lose a plant. Four, five days, you've lost all your plants in Colorado. If it hasn't rained and you don't water those things so dry in Colorado, you're done. It requires a lot of work. But the payoff is beautiful, right? Fresh tomatoes, at the table. Anybody with me? There's nothing bad. You cut them down the middle, make little slices, put some salt on there, cut them with a fork and knife. Delicious. Let me change your life. How many of you know what a caprese salad is? Okay, so those of you not raising your hand, I'm about to change your life. You take a garden sliced tomato, you put mozzarella on there, fresh basil, and then you put some salt, maybe some pepper, and some vinaigrette on there. What do you got? The best thing ever, caprese salad. It's delicious. So you're having dinner, you're serving caprese salads. Someone turns to you and says, where did you get these tomatoes? <laughs> and then you get to say. Now, let me ask you a question. Here's, now, now, I'm talking about gardening, but I'm not talking about gardening. So someone asks you where they get these tomatoes. Would it be accurate? For you, I mean, technically, I'm, I'm getting a little weird technical here. Bear with me. This is how my mind works. Uh, but if someone asked you, where'd you get these tomatoes? Would it be 100% technically accurate to say, I grew them? Uh, no, you're all kind of saying no. Well, why not? Because, because I'm not the son. And I didn't, you know, you know like, I, I didn't caused the photosynthesis to happen. Like, I didn't do that. The plants did that. What did I do? Well, I, I did tend, and it was hard work. I did cultivate. I was the gardener in this analogy, but I didn't make it grow specifically. See what I'm getting at here? It's, it's the Lord that grows these things, love, joy, peace, patience, and on. These fruits are fruit of the Spirit to be seen as one thing. These things are grown by the Lord. And what's our role in it? Well, our role is kind of like the gardener, to be the tender, to be the one who takes care of, to be the one looking after these things that God is growing 
in our lives. And Paul says it this way. He says, walk by the spirit. That's what we are to do. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. This is a wonderful thing. This is a short and sweet message, but hopefully memorable to you. That man, when you get caught up in the, in the things of the flesh and that's all you're thinking about and man, you just want to go and be with and in touch and uh, oh, I just want to taste, I just want to be over here, I just want to be with, no, 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 no. Walk with the spirit and you won't fall into the desires of the flesh because this is a work of the Lord. Let's pray together. The band, you can come forward. God, we come to you this morning <clears throat> considering these words about the fruit of the spirit, that it's love and it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Lord, these are the things of your kingdom. These are your ways. And Lord, because they're your ways, it's, it's you inside of us doing this miracle that's among us. And so, Lord, sometimes we just stand back and we're in awe. Sometimes we stand back and we've, we've forgotten to weed. We've forgotten to water. Help us, Lord. We, we've, we've let things creep in. But you, Lord, you are the one who makes it grow in our lives. And we stand back in the joy of seeing this fruit in our lives. So, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. And it's with this attitude of prayer that we now turn to the table. We're going to come to your table, Lord, and receive of the bread and receive of the cup. So, Lord, we do this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's people said, amen. amen. Would you, uh, in your baskets, and the ushers have some as well, um, there's these little cups. If you would get one out, hand them to some people around you so people have them. And then when you have it, would you stand up with me? We're going to receive communion together. And I would love for us to be reminded that it's God who does the growing. I would love for us to be reminded that in this moment of receiving from the bread and the cup, that this is the Lord's work among us. This isn't something that, that we do. This is the Lord's work among us. So if you would take out the bread first and place it in your hands. <clears throat> Scripture says this, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And so if you would, would you break the bread with your fingers there? And we receive this bread because, because we're broken. And Christ's body was broken for us. And, and maybe some of us in here, we, we don't feel like we deserve this, this gift of God. But that's, man, that's the gospel. That's, that's the point, that we come before this open table with the Lord, believing upon him, receiving this bread. So would you receive this bread with me? Lord, we thank you for this bread. Thank you for the bread of life given to us. Now we take the cup. And Jesus continues that same night. He said, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so God, we proclaim your death, that your death gives us life. You, Lord, you are resurrecting in us your hope, your glory, your joy, your fruit of the Spirit. So Lord, we lift this cup high. We thank you for it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's receive it together. 
Lord, we've received your gifts now, the bread, the cup. Lord, do in us your will and your ways. Lord, grow in us the fruit of the Spirit. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.